All right, John 17 is a glorious prayer for God's glory to be magnified. We'll see even God's glory in um, this, sum, uh, this Sunday's Ezekiel 36 and Romans 2. And Christ starts his prayer with the glory of the Lord and ends it with the same. And he is praying for his disciples and for us that he would be glorified in us. And that is a lifelong endeavor of learning what that means and then practice what that looks like in our lives. How is Christ glorified in us? Obviously, it's to show the world what the Father and the Son are like. But uh, Christ prays for uh, our glory as and that we would see his glory. And so we have gotten down to verse 24. And... Um, God is glorified. If you remember last week, God is glorified when there is unity and that we would be perfectly one uh, in, uh, in, in Christ. I don't think that perfection is, we, we talked and, and joked around even last, uh, last week that it's not possible to be, have a perfect marriage, be perfectly unified all the time. Okay. Well, you may have perfect unity in very small spurts, <laughs> uh, with the marriage, with parenting, with church people, um, with with uh, Christian employers, employees. Um, but as far as perfect unity, I don't think there's an expectation that. Well, there's there's the the standard of perfection that that we could be uh, perfect, but we're not going to be perfect until heaven. So I think uh, what that uh, perfect unity in verse 23 is about is the uh, position and the expectation uh, that one day we will be perfectly one. And Christ's work on the cross the next day after he prays this is the key to us being perfectly one forever and ever. Like we can only be perfectly one in Christ because of Christ and where we're going in heaven, we'll understand perfect unity then. And the reason we're going to go to heaven is because of Christ. And so uh, his interceding for us um, and the goal of uh, that unity is that the world would know that you sent me. Well, I'm at the end of verse 23 and that the world would know that you love them loved Christians, uh, even as you loved me. So we need to know that the father loves us as much as he loved the son. That's a wonderful truth that is worth um, meditating on and encourage every, every time you think about that, you're going to leave joyful and understand a little taste of the unity that God wants us to have with him because the Father loves us perfectly, we can be unified in, in that love. And he loves all Christians like this, because it says all uh, that the world uh, would know that you love them, even as you love me. So we're getting into verse 24 now, and see that he says, Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory, um, that the glory that you've given me um, because you loved me before the foundation of the world. 
so much in this verse, okay? Uh, as he's praying for us, he's revealing how the Godhead functions a little more here and how the Father loved the Son uh, even before the world was formed and the glory that um, that the Son and the Father have is just, it blows our mind. But he says in verse 24, I desire that they that you've given me may be with me. Spurgeon said, uh, we as Christians, as we get near death, we often pray for each other that we would be healed and that we would spend longer on this earth. And Spurgeon said, okay, Christ is praying opposite of that. He's saying, I want these Christians to be with me. Mm -hmm. And we're praying, keep the Christians away from Christ and with us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and Spurgeon says, whose prayer do you think God the Father's going to answer? <laughs> He's going to answer the Son's prayer. And I read these verses with Diane Toms a couple weeks mm -hmm. ago and said, Christ has prayed this for you, Diane, mm -hmm. that you would be with him. Yeah. And he's praying that for all of us. And he's praying that we would be with them for a purpose. What is the purpose in verse 24? He says, I, uh, I want them to be with me where I am so that they can see my glory that you've given me because you've loved me before the foundation of the world. We are going to see perfect love in heaven. We see a small glimpse of the love of God. First John says that the world doesn't know God, but whenever we love one another, the world can see God through our love. First John 4, it's fascinating. First John 4, 12. And I use that verse for uh, new people coming into our church that we aren't perfect in this, but uh, this is the standard. This is the reason that we love each other is so that the world can see God and cannot say there's not a God. And so we have seen that theme throughout this prayer as well, that uh, that we would be, that God would be glorified in us, that we would show the world what God is like, what Christ is like. And here Christ uh, closes this prayer with a desire for those whom God the Father has given to the Son would be with the Son where he is so that we can see his glory. And you know what? That is fullness of joy. Psalm 1611 says, in God's presence, there is fullness of joy. And you know where we get that fullness of joy? When we see God's glory. That's it. And we don't think that there's something more glorious than the Father and the Son. There isn't. There isn't anything more glorious than God. And we tell the world what you need to see is the glory of God. And they say, eh, I'm going to go to the Grand Canyon. I'll see the glory there. Yeah, that's not like the glory of God. I'm going to see my grandkids. I want to see them get married, or I want to see this or that, or they have all the list of bucket lists, right, that we have of things that we want to do before we die, and yet they're nothing in comparison to seeing the glory of our Savior and the glory that the Father gave the Son, and it says there in verse 24, that um, that they would see my glory that you've given me because you loved me 
before the foundation of the world. Why is Christ glorious? Is because the Father loved him. <laughs> okay, so if the Father is glorified and Christ is glorified in us, why are we glorious? Because the Father loved us. Same thing. The only reason we're secure in this prayer and we can enjoy unity in this prayer and joy is because we're in the Son and we're in the Father. And that we, what you want most in life is to see the glory of the Lord. You say, ah, it needs to be. Okay, that needs to be your goal of life. This is why we read Acts every day now and why we study God's word is so we can see his glory. What did we learn from 2 Corinthians 3, 18? That we're all changed from glory to glory as we see, as we see Christ's glory. And we all can see his glory. Because we can see the Father and the Son. We can see the Son in the pages of Scripture. The Holy Spirit shows us, reminds us of the glory of our Savior. And what a day it will be when we see the glory of Jesus. And we'll see that glory because the Father loved him before the foundation of the world. We'll see perfect love, perfect unity. And it will be... It will take your breath away and you won't want to look away and you won't want to stop worshiping him. I'd be like, okay, this is why God created me to see this. That's it. All these other things that we get distracted with are just details. <laughs> the glory of the Lord is why God made us and why he saved us. And he wants us to see it and we'll forever be in awe of his glory. So Jesus is praying here that we'll be with him so that we can see his glory. Verse 25, oh, righteous father, even though the world does not know you, now you, you'll start seeing the word know here. Uh, and this idea of knowing Christ in his presence is, is, is in verse 24, but it's not um, it's not mentioned that word no, but you'll see the word no over and over again here. Uh, so this, I think, is this theme of these three verses is knowing God. Uh, oh, righteous father, even though the world does not know you, I know you. And these know that you sent me. So the world doesn't know Christ. Uh, the world doesn't know the father, right? The son knows the father. And they, these know, okay, uh, I'm assuming it's the disciples, but likely also those in, in 20 to 26 is those who will believe. Okay, so we are in this group. We know that the Father sent Christ. So we know the Father, we know the Son, we know the Son was sent by the Father, and the world is ignorant of all of that. Like we heard last week and like we'll hear in many different testimonies of the world. Why is there a pride month? Because the world doesn't know God. It's sad. It's discouraging. It is it's disgusting. But they don't know God. They don't know Christ. And we are different. Why? Because the, the son prays for us. And how does he address his father here in verse 25? Righteous. The father is perfectly 
righteous. So here is a righteous father sending his son and the world, and we know the father through the son. And what do we know to be true about the father? He is righteous. He always does what's right. Does the world know that about God? <laughs> no, they don't. They know him. They will know him as a righteous judge. And several times throughout scripture, judgment uh, shows up. But we must know in verse 24, we must know that Christ wants us to be with him so that we can see his glory. And then verse 25, we must know Christ is our righteous God. What we see of the Father in the person of Christ is perfect righteousness. Because what does John say in John 14? Philip, if you see me, you see the Father. So what you're seeing, disciples, is a perfectly righteous Savior. And here, the perfectly righteous Savior is talking to the righteous Father and saying, these, the world doesn't know you. They didn't, they didn't know Christ either. That's why they put him on the cross, right? But we know the Father, and we know the Son, and we know the Son has come from the Father, and we also know that when we're seeing the Son, we're seeing the righteous Father. We know that Christ was the perfect representation of a righteous Father. So we have to know Christ. We must know Christ. He is our righteous God. And he expects us to be holy as he is holy. He expects us to be righteous. Now, there are many aspects of the Godhead that we cannot imitate. Mm -hmm. But righteousness is not one of them. We can do what is right. Um, and so we need to know Christ. And in knowing Christ, reflecting the glory of the God that we are knowing. And what the world should see is a righteous life. Verse 25. Finally, verse 26, I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them, and I in them. Go back to verse um, 10. Jesus prays in the middle of this prayer, all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. So the Father gives the Son glory. The Son glorifies the Father. That's the first part of the prayer. The second part of the prayer is the, the Son is glorified in the disciples. And now the third part of the prayer ends with we, as future believers living after the disciples, believing in Christ, seeing his glory, knowing that he is from the righteous father, that he is righteous. We know and are continually learning what, in verse 26, we are knowing God's name. We will see in Ezekiel this Sunday, Lord willing, that uh, God rescues Israel, brings them out of captivity, not for themselves. He rescues them for his name. So assuming that thought process is the same for the New Testament, 
God doesn't rescue us just for us. He rescues us for his name. We sing about blessed be the name, um, be unto your name, new song we're learning. It is all about the name. It is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It is at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. So the son knows that. And the son's mission was to glorify, magnify the name of the father. And he did it in the world. He did it perfectly. The disciples got it. Most of the world didn't get it. Still, Jesus followers, us here today, we're getting it. And the most of the world's not getting it. But Jesus is praying for us. And he says, I made known to them your name. And we have, we're seeing how the beginning of the prayer where Christ is talking in past tense, I've glorified you, I've, I've accomplished what you've given me to do. And he's talking about the cross there. And that's before the cross, but he's talking in past tense because this is prophetic. Only God can talk this way. Talking about something future in past tense. Here it is as well, that Christ made known to the world the name of the Father. The Father is righteous. He turns his back on his Son and pours out wrath. God is wrath. That's part of his name. God is love. God loves the world so much he wouldn't stop this sacrifice like he stopped the sacrifice of Isaac. So the name of the Father is magnified as Christ goes to the cross. And Christ knows that's his mission, to magnify, to show the glory of the Father, magnify his name. There is no other name like the name of God. This is why taking God's name in vain is such a criminal mm -hmm. offense against a holy God. There's never been someone who is perfect, and yet never been someone who, by imperfect people, allowed his perfection to be blasphemed. And yet Christ says, I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known. So this is Christ's mission. This is part of how he builds his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So as Paul goes out ever reading in the book of Acts throughout the Roman Empire, you know what he's doing? He is doing what Christ promised Christ would do. Christ is going to make the Father's name known, and all Paul is saying is, hey, there is a name. There is an unknown God that you guys worshipped in, in private. You didn't even know. Let me tell you about his name, what he's like. And he tells these people who are worshipping all these different idols, and they all these idols are, don't have the name of God. And he tells the Jewish people, as he's on trial now, he's telling them that it is the name of God, of why and for the resurrection, the hope of the resurrection, that I'm on trial. And God called me, and I'm going to declare his name. And Paul is spreading the name of Christ. And then when Jesus comes and tells Paul, you got to go to Rome too, and he's going to spread the fame of God's name to the Roman emperor. Here is um, Jesus' prayer being answered and lived out in the life of the Apostle Paul. And as we pray together, um, we are going to make God's name known. We're praying for unsaved people. We're praying for unsaved spouses on our lists that live with, with people. And by their lifestyle, by their words, they're making God's name known. 
Christ says, I will, I will continue to make it known. I made it known to, to my followers. I made it known to those who are coming after them. I will continue to make it known. So we have Christ with us. We're doing his, we're continuing his mission as he continues to make the Father's name known. Why? Why does he do this? The close, uh, the last phrase here, that the world, uh, that the love with which you have loved me may be in them. God's love in us. Here's something that we cannot do on our own. We cannot glorify God. The Son has to be glorified in us and use these vessels of clay, this dust. And when the power of God is in us, when the word of God is flowing through us, whenever Christ is using these weak bodies that are wearing out, that don't work how we want them to work, they are filled and can be and should be filled with the love of the Father. The love that we're enjoying because of our position of unity in the Father and in the Son. Because of our secure position in the Father and in the Son. Because the work that Christ accomplished on the cross so that we could be in the Father and in the Son. And the mission that he is sending us out to spread the fame of the righteous God. He has sent his son and all that, that Christ prays here that the world would know that Christ has come. And this is our mission. And how is it accomplished? With the love of the father, with the love of the son that is in us and it's coming out. And I hope that you are encouraged in your position in Christ, uh, a secure position, a unified position. And then what Christ is continuing to make the Father's name known to you so that you'll be filled with the love of God and Christ will be magnified in our lives.